Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me future. That's hbs.me future. You're now experiencing the AJ Nashville Podcast. Real people, real problems, real success stories. Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. This is actually a, a monumental episode. This is episode 30. So come a long way uh, since last November when I started the podcast and the ideas of, you know, consistently doing something to where I'm giving back and kind of expressing my mind and everything else. It's It's crazy when you stop and think about it. It's crazy to know that I've done 30 of these, and it's crazy to know I haven't ran out of things to talk about. But I guess that's partially because I talk a lot anyways, so maybe it's just easy for me to do. Um, But big thing I want to talk about today. So a lot of you, I'm sure, saw the video earlier today that I posted on Facebook where I was talking about success and, you know, accomplishing and achieving certain goals, things like that. I just want to talk about that in an audio format This way, those of you that are driving home from work, um, maybe you're at the gym or something, this way you can kind of process where my thoughts are coming from on that. So like I said, yesterday I went past the, well, I went past a couple dealerships, the Tesla dealership, the BMW dealership, uh, Porsche, and then the um, Bentley Rolls-Royce dealership. And, And what I did is I took a picture of a vehicle that I find very, 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 very sexy. That's the Continental GT. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful car. And I thought to myself, you know, five, six years ago, I would have never been in a position where I would sit there and think, you know what, one day I want to be able to afford one of these cars. Not one day I want to purchase this car. I just want to one day be able to afford to have a vehicle like that, be able to afford to maintain it, be able to afford to have it sitting there in my driveway And the thought process that goes along with that is if I can afford, financially afford something like that, that means I've done some things, either to help other people grow, maybe I've done some things from a business standpoint, maybe I diversified my income and I've got several sources and I've got ways to uh, afford those things. And obviously I wouldn't go out and be quote unquote hood rich and just go pick out a Bentley and live in a home that, you know, is worth less than what the car would be and have debt up to my ears and everything else. The thought of it is if I could afford one of these, then I've done some work and I've put myself in a position to do so. Now, here's the thing. I've got a very good friend of mine whose name will go unmentioned for obviously their privacy, but him and I used to work together. You know, he had always had a business mindset And he had always had the additional motivation it took to diversify and get several sources of income, go out and find the business, go out and do the things he needed to do to be successful. And he started doing that while most of us were out doing things that weren't constructive with our time and our income and everything. Now he's got the Bentleys. He's got the S63 custom ordered Mercedes from 
Germany, not one but two. He's got the big house, the helicopters, the airplanes, and everything else. And as a human being, I did what most do, and I stopped and thought to myself, what, how is this man, this man that's created of the same things that you and I and everybody listening to this is created of, how is he able to do so much more than I am? How is he able to afford the thing? See, he wasn't given a golden ticket. It wasn't like he woke up one morning and he had the winning lottery ticket, and boom, there it was. Um, and, and all of a sudden he had all these possessions. He worked his tail off to get them. And that's the thing. So I stop and I look at it and I say, okay, how does someone else that's created equally to me get these things and I haven't gotten to the level of success where I can get them as well? And when you're honest with yourself, you realize it's because you have taken shortcuts or you've been lazy or I, I, not you, I have been lazy about things or I decided to take a little more time to get to where I should be because I chose to make excuses, because I chose not to take ownership of my responsibilities and do the things that I want to do. You know, it's funny, when you set a high goal like that and you talk about something like a Bentley, you know, to a lot of people it's so far-fetched that people begin to doubt you and say, you'll never be able to afford that. Think about how many people in your world, when you say, hey, I want to buy a Lamborghini one day, they say, you'll never have that. You can never afford that. That's a, that's a million-dollar car. It's a $200,000 car. It's a half-million-dollar car, whatever it may be. Think about all the people that are closed-minded that sit there and think, well, you'll never be able to afford that, so just keep dreaming. And when you stop and think about those people, I want you to think about what it is they add to your life. Because more than likely, if people think that your dreams are out of whack, that's because their dreams aren't high enough. That's because, in most cases, they're content with being there. And I'm not just talking about a car. I'm talking about supporting your family, being able to send your kids to the school you want them to go to, being able to do the things you want to do, being able to take your significant other on a trip. Things like that. It doesn't have to be a car. One of the big passions that I have is I enjoy helping people, particularly vets. It's weird because prior to me being found by my family and realizing I have two brothers that are Marines, because once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine, who also have two wives who were involved either in the military directly or uh, the spouse in one case, of somebody that, that was active duty Marine. And it's weird because my passion has always been helping service members and then come to find out I have two of my own that, that our blood that's the same flows through each other's veins. You know, it, it just goes to show that, um, you know, there, there was a larger meaning behind what I was doing and I didn't realize it. So part of my success isn't the greed and saying, oh, my God, I'm so successful now. I'm, gonna, I'm making all this money, and I can buy all this stuff, and it's all mine, and it's me, 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 me. Instead, it's been, hey, I'm successful now. I'm doing things that I should have and could have done a long time ago, and I'm able to give back more. See, giving back is ultimately the reason why once you achieve a certain level of success, why you continue to do it. See, there's always people that say, hey, why does this person need all this money? 
because they worked their ass off to get it for one. For two, we forget to see how much it is that that person typically does for the community to give back, and not just for the tax write-off like simple-minded people think, but because they enjoy giving. Because once you hit a certain level of success, that's what thrives you and and what pushes you to a passion. You know, I've got a... Uh, a couple buddies of mine that are business owners, and same thing with them. There's a poker run coming up, and both of them, which I didn't realize, obviously, that, that they well, I knew they knew each other, but both of them are contributing to this poker run. And it's a poker run for children with leukemia. leukemia. You know, it, it's to help combat that. And they're willing to give back because that's part of their passion, because they've done things in order to achieve a level of success where they can afford to give back. Now, when I talk about the car thing, in my mind, it's a representation of the success that I have seen and the success that I've grown to. Because I'm not going to buy a $228,000 car just for the heck of it or just because I want to go out and get a bunch of debt. People know that you can't buy something like that anyways unless you have the credit and the money and everything else set aside. But it's a representation of how far my career has gone. If you would ask me four or five years ago, will you be a homeowner with two kids, a supportive girlfriend, and the vehicles that you have, and a branch manager influencing other people, that thought or dream would be more far-fetched than owning any exotic car. The thing that clicked is I finally stopped going to work to hang out with my friends and started going to work to do what it's intended to do, and that's work. My free time is being saturated with growth. Saturday, instead of ordering stuff from Amazon and self-pleasing things, I ordered books to read. Audiobooks, because I don't like to read. I like to listen. But the point is, I ordered things that would help me grow as a human being, as an individual. Things that will help me achieve the next level of success. And that's what I encourage each one of you to do. Do the things it takes in order to be successful. The fact of the matter is, we're in a time where there is a lot of lazy fucking people out there. No question about it. Finding good help is fucking impossible. And we know that. And so does every employer out there. So if you're employed, shine. Do the things you need to do to be noticed by doing the things you were hired to do at a high level. If you're a business owner, do the things that are necessary to provide your clients with the ultimate experience. I'll give you an example. Jeff, my loan officer assistant and longtime friend, goes to buy... A, a Lexus RC 350F. Not a cheap car by any means. The level of service you expect to hear or see when it comes to a high ticket item should be higher than anything. You shouldn't be able to go in a Cracker Barrel and get better service than you do when you're buying a $50,000 vehicle. However, he's called this dealership several times. It's located down in Gainesville, Georgia. I won't say the name of it because I don't like being sued. But he calls 
receptionist answers and doesn't say, hey, it's a great day at ABC Car Company. How can I help you? But they simply call and say, hello? Which to Jeff's response was, is this such and such dealership? Now, how does this portion of the story relate back to what I'm talking about? See, that person took no pride in answering the phone and representing that dealership. They didn't care how the dealership was represented over the phone, and they didn't know if they were talking to a hundredaire or a millionaire. They just treated the person on the other end like they treat every person that answers that phone or that calls that place. He then talks to a salesperson. Let me tell you something. Salespeople are no longer what they used to be. You know why you got guys out there selling 50 fucking cars a month and girls out there doing the same thing? Because the world is full of lazy salespeople. Say it with me. Lazy. If you're looking at your pay stub right now wondering why it's not enough to cover your rent, this is the reason why. If you're looking at your pay stub right now wondering how you didn't get that commission that you should have gotten, this is the reason why. Because there's no level of service anymore. I've talked about this on numerous times, and it amazes me. The amount of loan officers, realtors, car salespeople, commission people, multi-level marketing, everything. How many lazy people are out there? Blows my mind. So Jeff talks to the salesperson. The salesperson says, yeah, no problem. I'll call you on Monday. This was on Saturday. They're closed Sunday, and they had an hour until they closed. The guy had explained, here's what you need to do to reserve this car. Put X amount of dollars down. Jeff was ready and willing to put the money down to get the car. The guy never called him back. The guy didn't close the deal. It was pretty simple. He could have said, hey, we're getting ready to close in an hour, and we're not open on Sundays. But what I can do is take a deposit down to make sure that Monday morning somebody doesn't come buy this car from out from underneath of you. Which type of credit card would you like to put that on? Which in turn, Jeff would have said, Visa, and gave him the numbers. But see, the salesman wasn't interested in closing the deal because the salesman was more than likely more interested in something else that wasn't pertaining to his paycheck or to his work or to serving people. See, that's the thing. We're in an industry to provide a service to people that needs to be exceptional. When people talk about their interaction with your business, it needs to be the best interaction they have ever had. If not, you need to figure out why. So Jeff says, hey, you know what? I want to talk to a manager over there. A manager's going to fix this. And I turned to Jeff and I said, no, he's not. Because then a, man, a manager allows their salespeople to react like this. A manager allows their receptionist to say hello when you're calling a business. Let me tell you something. If Jeff ever picked up the phone and said hello to a client of mine, I would ream his ass so hard that he wouldn't have an ass left. And I don't mean that in a gay way. That would not go down at my place. But see, the leadership allows it to happen. The leadership is responsible to make sure that their people are doing the right things at the right times in the right places. The leadership is responsible to make sure that a customer has an excellent experience. And the fact that that doesn't take place tells me that the leadership there is weak. Very, very weak. So that means 
the dreams that are trying to be accomplished by the owner of that company aren't because he has staff that slacks. That means that the people that are there can't see outside of their dealership, meaning that it's a job to them because a car salesman can make as much money as they want to by selling as many cars as they can. Car salesmen are not limited on income in most places. Nobody wakes up and says, hey, I want to go sell cars. I want to be on a lot when it's raining and when it's snowing and wear my coat and have to be out there freezing and catching ups and working horrible hours to make $45,000 a year. But yet people get up, go to work, stand in the freezing cold, get wet in the rain, talk to hundreds of people, and make $45,000 a year. Why? Because they're not willing to do the things it takes to be a successful leader. They're not willing to do the things it takes to be as successful as they want to be. Because the mindset is, hey, I'm going to work today, but I don't really want to work. Hey, it's Saturday. Can't wait to go out and celebrate with my buddies. Let's go get fucked up so we can celebrate nothing I got to sell a car today because I spent too much money on Friday going out drinking with my buddies. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Because it sounds familiar to me. See, I had that same mindset at one point too. And the whole reason why I go by and look at those Bentleys, take pictures of them, is because I want to remind myself where I can be, where I could have been had I worked my ass off to get to where I am going. There's not an excuse anymore. Most of the time I'm at the office on the weekend. And if I'm not at the office, I'm answering messages and I'm returning phone calls and I'm emailing clients at 9 o'clock at night. Why? Because I don't want to be doing this shit when I'm 60 years old. Because I have to make sure that when it comes to my children that I'm not coming to work to make friends, but I'm coming to work to provide for them. I'm coming to the office to make sure that they don't go without, because I went without long enough. Those of you that know my story know that I've been through hard times. And if you don't know it, you can find it. It's on the podcast list that you're listening to right now. My story is a great excuse to not do shit with my life. Perfect excuse. I mean, think about it. I was abused, beaten, verbally abused, sexually abused left home alone, starved. Fuck, that's a recipe for failure, right? But what was it that made me rise against all that? Why am I not in prison? Why am I not doing drugs in some back alley right now? I'll tell you why. Because my mind, the mind of a hustler, and when I say a hustler, I don't mean here to rip you off. I mean, here to do whatever it takes to make shit happen. That mindset is the reason why I'm not half dead in a ditch. That mindset's the reason why I'm not sitting behind bars somewhere. It's funny when it comes to judgment of people. See, most people that would know my story would say, oh, poor baby, are you okay? And in my mind, I'd say, you're fucking right, I'm okay. Because I'm doing things that it takes to help other people. I'm doing the things it takes to be successful. And I'm opening myself up and being vulnerable with hopes that it changes somebody else's life. 
I've had multiple private messages where people thank me for doing what it is I do. But see, I was given the gift and the ability to share. I wasn't a survivor. I was a warrior because it was a fight that I fought over and over and over, day by day by day, that I still fight. The difference is, is I'm not okay with being okay. I want to be great. Those of you that are listening, I want you to stop. I want you to take a second and say, who is my biggest supporter? Is it your kids? Is it your husband? Is it your wife? Is it your parents? Who is it? Are you grateful for their support? Now, who's your biggest critic? If you say you, welcome to my shoes. But all of us have somebody that critiques us more than we critique ourselves in some way or another. Find out who that biggest critic is. Do what you have to do to remove that critic. Because you don't need that type of bullshit pressure in your life. Ask yourself this. The people around you, do they have the same dreams? The same aspirations? The same wants for success? Is that a universal thing or is it something that just you believe and you keep it hidden in the dark because your friends don't believe it too? I was talking to a friend this weekend and she said, well, she was working on building her credit and doing the things she did at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Her friends were out partying and wondered why she was doing the things she does. Now they live financially comfortable, make great financial decisions, have a beautiful home, a beautiful son, a great family, very open family, very smart son. And the reason was is she prepared. And that's the thing most of us forget, you know, all the preparation that goes into everything that it is that we do. We forget about that stuff. When you remove the negativity and let your friends go out and do what it is they want to do so you can get to the life that you want to live, that's when you'll see success. I have to tell my little brother that all the time. My little brother's in college. He struggles sometimes because he's not sure what it is he wants to do. See, kids are 18 years old, forced to hurry up and jump in school, and you've got to make a decision now of what you're going to do in the future because you've got to pay for the six years of college or eight years of college or four years of college or whatever it is that you make it through without failing. And these kids are forced into making a decision, and then when they hit the maturity level where it's time to decide is this what they really want to do, it's not. Because growing up, we seek people around us giving us approval. So if you really want to be a mechanic and work on BMWs and that's your dream, then chase your fucking dream. Don't tell people you want to do something just to appease them. As human beings, we tend to do that quite a bit. We say something just to appease the people around us, and then that becomes our belief because we lied about it long fucking enough. Then we find ourselves 40 years old in that miserable job, sitting behind a desk, hating our lives, hating our wives, hating our children, and not wanting to be where we're at. So we go home and we crack the bottle open, we get fucked up for the night, wake up, do it all again. Or go home, smoke a little weed, live our fucking miserable life, and do it all again. Whatever it is, whatever your advice is, stop. I'm not telling you to stop drinking or anything like that. What I'm telling you is stop living the life that other people want you to live Stop being embarrassed about the dreams and aspirations that you may have. 
I'm not embarrassed with the fact that I want a $220,000 car because I know it's motivation for me to push to the next level. Like I said earlier, I would have thought you were crazy if you were to say, hey, Alex, here's a glimpse into the future. This is where you'll be in five years. Most of you that are listening would agree. And there's no embarrassment by that. But I remember being embarrassed about thinking about doing this instead of that. I wanted to be the crowd pleaser. So those of you that are listening, this isn't a magic spell. This isn't a magic potion. you got to continuously do this day to day. Wake up. Improve yourself. Listen to something positive first thing in the morning. Because nothing is going to open your mind like something positive first thing in the morning. And then when you go to the office or you go to your office or your job or whatever it is that you do, make today the best day that you do what you're doing. Because there's a lot of lazy people out there. And whether you like it or not, you will shine. Remember, when you get up and you put your heels on or your boots or your dress shoes or your sneakers, that you're going to work not to make friends, but you're going to work to provide for those that you care about. And if you sell cars, stop fucking sucking, please. (laughs) Not all of you. I know there's a lot of great car salespeople out there. Don't get me wrong. There's just a mass amount of frustration with dealing with this, not only through my assistant, but through personal journeys. of You know, I recommended a person to him to go see, and that person treated him like shit. And passed them off to somebody else. Well, guess what? That person just cost themselves any future referrals. I will never send another person to this particular person again. They cost themselves future leads by being lazy. So stop. Now is the time to focus. Get things done. Hard work sucks. But the rewards are incredible. So here's to the start of your week. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Thanks again for the support. Look for our show on Friday for your ride home at 5. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for tuning in to the AJ Nashville Podcast. Episodes air Mondays at 6 and Fridays at 5. Thank you for your ongoing support. Please subscribe. Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me future. That's hbs.me future.